demonstrators have started to come up and down this thoroughfare of Marietta and breakout windows of CNN Center. The disease that defined our lives in 2020. Well, tonight, catastrophic damage, storm surges that have destroyed homes and wiped away cars, devastating winds, and now the rain. A new light had come into the world. A light that would never be extinguished. A light that could separate the darkness from mankind forever. And yet, the world did not receive it. He had come into the world, but the world did not receive him. From the beginning of time, God's word has not changed. He still hovers over the chaos. He still speaks light into the darkness. He did it in the beginning of creation. He did it through the life of Jesus. And to those who do receive Jesus, calls them his children, bearers of the light, running into the darkness to illuminate the lives of those who are lost. And his plan, until he returns, is for his children to carry the light into a dark, broken, chaotic world. And through their lives, God continues to declare, let there be light. Hey, what's up, everybody? How are you guys doing today? So great to have you here the week before Christmas. Also, church online all over the globe, our online campus, we are so glad you are with us. If you're not, if you haven't joined the chat yet, jump in and let us know where you're joining us from. Aren't we glad Church Online is with us today as well? Yeah. But we are in our series, and we've taken a different approach this year with Christmas uh, in that we've looked at the Gospel of John. And what's unique about John is he doesn't really include details about Jesus' birth, which is fine, um, but you don't usually highlight that at Christmas. But um, we will look at the details next week at our Christmas experience, and it'll be online. You can catch us there as well. Um, but, but John introduced Jesus to the world in a different way, and, and it's interesting because we've kind of been following the chronology of humanity and the story of the Bible, and so for a quick recap of where we've been, John, he opens up the story, and he introduces Jesus like this. In John 1.1, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. It goes on to say, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing that was made has been made. So in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so we spent an entire time, week one, pointing out the fact that John very intentionally points all of his readers back to the very first story in Genesis of creation. And we really went through it. And basically we talked about the idea that God, in the beginning of the story, the story of humanity and the story we're gonna read throughout the Bible, our story is a story of God with ultimate power, ultimate authority. And he takes that authority and power and asserts it over the chaotic darkness to create light and life that will flourish. And so if you ever wanna know what God's up to in your life, what's he up to in my world? He is inserting himself into, into chaos, into darkness, so that he can bring about light and life that will flourish. Now, for humanity, we have a free will component letting, uh, we get to decide how much of his light we let in our life, but that's what he wants to do is, and so from the beginning, he spoke, let there be light, and he took chaos and darkness, created order and life, uh, and, and that's what he's been doing. And we, every time we bring in our own chaos and darkness, he comes back with more light and life when we let him in. 
We talked about then, week two, we talked about how um, we, in our own free will, messed up his plan. We did a really good job of ruining it really quickly. Um, um, and so John, in his story, he jumps all the way from creation then into the life of Jesus. So he kind of just skips over the whole Old Testament um, and talks about, um, it started with light in the beginning in the garden, and now he's gonna focus on Jesus. And so last week, we picked up in verse nine where John goes on and says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now we're talking the Christmas story. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet there were the some that did, and to those who saw him, believed in him, received him. Those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children, sons, and daughters of God. He goes on in verse 13 to say, children born not of natural descent, or of human decision, or of a husband's will. That's a hilarious way to put it. Um, thank you. Um, but born of God. We're children of God. And then I love this, and we're going to come back to this here at the end. Verse 14 says, The Word became flesh. So the Word that was in the beginning, that was with God, that was God, that created all mankind, created all life, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's what we're celebrating uh, over the next week. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the light, the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Anything that's like Jesus is full of grace and truth. We live in a world that's constantly like either or, either or, but Jesus had both. It was all grace and all truth. And when you do it that way, you actually get to be full of love and point people towards truth. It's amazing. And so John now is talking about the life of Jesus. And so we talked the last week, the second week, we focused on week one in creation, and then we moved to the life of Jesus because over thousands of years, we totally missed God, we totally missed the light, we totally missed the life, we couldn't get it right, and so Jesus came to show what the light was like. And so Jesus came to be the light and to show what God was like. There were all kinds of ideas, they were way off, the religious system was broken, and so Jesus came. In fact, in John chapter eight, when he introduces himself to a group of people, he says, when Jesus appeared to people, he said, I am the light of the world. And so in week, in week one, we talked about the light was there at the beginning. The first words out of God's mouth in all of creation was, let there be light. One of the first thing Jesus says is, I am the light of the world. So we got creation, we got life, we got light. Then we got this beautiful picture of humanity and life and light in Jesus. And so it's amazing. Um, but there was, uh, again, a problem, uh, and, and again, it's understandable. Jesus only lived here, as history would have it. He, was he only lived on the earth for 33 years. He didn't even start preaching and doing miracles, what we would call ministry, until he was 30. So he just had three years, which is understandable. I mean, after watching us ruin everything he created, I understand how 33 years was enough, and he's like, I'm gonna go back and be with pops. Like, things are so much better in heaven. Like, I love you guys, but enough's enough. Like, just whatever, right? Like, I, like, that makes perfect sense to me. In fact, I'm like, man, you're really patient. That was a long time to watch us literally ruin everything you created. It's like, oh, you were watching from heaven and now you're in it. And so he says, I'm the light of the world. But as we know, Jesus died and went to heaven. So now we have like this kind of tension, which is my favorite part. I've been amped about this for so long because in the first week we see that God spoke the light into existence and creates this idea that I, I bring light and life out of chaos and darkness. Then we just did a, like, 
thousands of years of chaos and darkness. And then Jesus showed up and he's like, this is what actual light looks like. This is what the life of light looks like. This is how you forgive. This is how you love. This is how you treat everybody as equal. This is how you be generous. This is what real servant leadership looks like. It's like, after we got it completely wrong, he just showed us what it was like. Here's how you heal. Here's who's important. Here's how you take care. And, and, and really rewrote the book on humanity and, and started a movement that has never stopped. But there was a problem. He went to heaven. So now we have God in creation. We have Jesus was the light, but brings us to the third week. What do we, so now Jesus is in heaven, and now what? Ah, my favorite part. Because Jesus walked on the earth for 30 years as God. And I, and I, I can only imagine, I have very vivid imagination of what that was like, going like, man, like I'm ready to like help these guys. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to heal. And regularly God says, your time is not, you, you see, it's like, my time is not yet come. My time, I mean, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, God, just let me tell him. He's like, no, not yet. Like, God, just let me just heal somebody. No, not yet. No, not yet. And so he literally waits as God in his creation. And then in Matthew chapter five, we see he gets to preach his first sermon. God's like, it's time. Actually, right before that, his mom's like, hey, we're out of wine. And he's like, man, actually, he's like, woman, why'd you include me? It's not my time, but whatever, you're my mom, okay. So he's like, hey, God, like mom's making me do stuff. Can I go now? God's like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so he gets baptized, my version, but it's pretty accurate. Um, it is. And so now all of a sudden he preaches this message and he, he, he opens his mouth. And imagine being God waiting 30 years. Like you better believe that first message was a banger right? In fact, we're going to spend four weeks on it in January. That's what we're going to focus on, like the first message of Jesus, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But here's how he starts it, because he's going to talk about the kingdom. He's going to talk about being light. He's going to talk about being life. He's going to talk about how to treat each other. But there's like literally this launch pad for the whole message, and it's right at the beginning in Matthew 5, because in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And then in the middle, Jesus said, I am the light. But then the first words out of his mouth are Matthew 5, 14. He says, you are the light of the world. This is where it gets so good, you guys. I'm, I'm so pumped. Because God was the light at first, and he spoke the light into existence. Then Jesus was the light. We're like, well, of course he was. But then he says, oh, not just me. You are the light of the world. He actually goes on to say, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. You see it in the day. If the lights are on, you see it at night. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl or put it under a bushel. No, no, I'm going to let it shine, right? Um, Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to the everyone in the house. In the same way, watch this. This is not complicated, but we've made it complicated. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they can see your good deeds, but give credit to God in heaven. This is what it means to be a light. He says, you're the light of the world, and here's how it works. You let the light shine, the light that I've given you, you let it shine, and here's how this goes. They, I want them to see, they, let them see you be generous. Let them see you be loving. Let them see you be forgiving. Let them see you be awesome. Let them see you be uh, like, hey, why don't you go first? And I'm gonna submit and I'm gonna, I'm like the last I'll go first. And then when they go, wow, you're amazing. I can't believe it. What inspires you? Every time you're around, you're just so, oh, and then, and then, and then he says, but then when that happens, just say, oh, no, no, it couldn't be me. I'm not that good, but there's a light shining in me and that light is Jesus and you can know him too. And so he said, let them see it. But when they're like, you're awesome. Make sure that they see your good deeds, but God gets the glory, not us. Which goes against my human nature, because I want to be like, yeah, that's right, I am generous. Let's go. <laughs> I am like kind. Let's get it. Right? Like, tell me some more. What else? What else do you see? Right? Like, I have that in me. I'm not, I can't be the only one. Jesus is like, cool, but like, oh, no, no, actually, I am a schmuck, but God is awesome, 
and he's in me. I'm supposed to be this big like light. I'm like a flickering spark, but still that spark you see, that's Jesus. All the darkness, that's me. That's the reality, right? And, and, why is this, and why is this so important? This is the first words out of Jesus' mouth. And he's gonna go into a three-chapter sermon because he's saying, this is how people are gonna come to know God. This is so amazing on so many levels because when we are the light, when we act like Jesus, when we let our light shine, this is what draws other people to God. Do you know how often the answer to our prayers about what's going on in our world is us? Man, God, somebody should do something about the homeless population. Somebody should do something about all the broken. Somebody should do something about feeding. Somebody should do something about how angry and how volatile. And do you know what Jesus is like? Yeah, be the light. Yeah, go do You should do something. And so often we pray like some magical, mystical dust is gonna fall and change everybody's hearts. You know what his plan is? He's like, I just send light into darkness. So I need a light. Who's the light? You go on, you go on, you go on, you go on. Let your light shine. His, it draws people to God. This is crazy. I love this. Think about how much value and intrinsic value this places on us. God's plan to draw all men to him, God's plan to bring glory to himself was to raise up sons and daughters who show the world what his goodness looks like. That was his plan. His only, I think it's a terrible strategy. We're horrible at it. But it's still his plan. It's like, I want to raise up some sons and daughters, and anybody who would receive my light, you're not servants, you're not slaves, you're my sons and daughters, and now I want you to go show the world what I'm like based on how they, you treat each other, how you live. Like, I, he could have just done it himself. He could have just been like, I'm going to put it in everybody. But no, he actually chose you. So whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a teacher, you're a, a CEO, you're a, a dad, a doctor, an accountant, his, his plan is, I just want to have little lights in all the darknesses so we can make the light shine. Isn't that awesome? He's like, I could just do it myself, but I want to choose you. And I don't think I need to convince you that there's darkness all around us, right? I mean, we have, I mean, Christianity in America is on the decline. We have suicides going up. We have depression going up. We have alcohol abuses on the rise. Uh, in the past 10 years, marijuana, heroin, prescription drug, and cocaine uh, has more than doubled in the last 10 years. Um, we got victims of, of violence and forced labor and trafficking in America and all over the world. Like, I don't know if you watch the news very much, but they aren't like, hey, look how bright it is in our world. There's, I, don't, I don't know that I have to spend a lot of time talking about darkness, but here's the crazy part. It's in light of all of this, in light of systemic injustice and racial divide and political divide, and I mean, again, women and children being absolutely abused into forced labor in America, specifically other countries. Uh, some crazy stat, 193 million people experiencing acute hunger daily. 200 million people. It just seems dark. And here's the crazy part. God doesn't have another plan. I, 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 I grew up in the church, so I've been around people like this, and I, I've learned to chuckle. So many, we're, as Christians, we're notorious like, well, somebody should do something about the foster system. Somebody should do something about world hunger. Well, somebody should do something about all the, 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 the turmoil in marriages. Somebody should do something about all the hate. You're right. Somebody should do something. Do you know what God's plan is? You. <laughs> Go do it. There's so many times. We're, in fact, I had one of my mentors said, usually if we see a problem that bothers us, it's a, it's a clue that that's our calling, is to be a part of a solution. Because we all have things that, uh, in fact, I heard a message called, what's your problem? What's the problem that just like keeps you awake? Education, uh, arts, music, uh, healthcare, politics, whatever it is, like that's probably an indication that that's what God was pulling you to be a light. And so you are the light of the world, which is crazy because that means God decided that your existence super matters. 
Think about how much value that places on you. You're the light of the world. You're his plan to push out the darkness. That means he decided your existence really, really matters. He's actually putting his reputation on the line through us. I think it's a terrible idea. I would not, I'm just being honest, I would not put my reputation on the line for most of y'all. Some of you I would, but most of you I wouldn't. And those of you I would, I'll tell you privately, I would on you, I would. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just seeing if you're still with me. Online. Who, me? Uh, and, but he is, God is like saying like, hey, I'm just looking for some people to shine the light. Now, here's what the devil wants to do. And, 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 and I want to kind of break this down for a minute. The devil wants you to be overwhelmed by what I just said that you are God's solution to the world. No, 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 you aren't, you're a light. You're supposed to just let your light shine and let people see what you do. And then when it comes up, be like, yeah, that's God empowers me to do it. I have his spirit, I have his love, he's transformed my life, he's saved me, he's freed me, he's, he's, he's like forgiven me, I'm a new person, I'm a new creation, and I just live for him and, and, and I want my life to matter. I wanna be his light. So the devil wants you to feel over, overwhelmed by this, but, here, let, but let's be clear about this. Your, and this is the kind of really good news. Your job is not to drive out darkness. Ready? Your job is not to drive out darkness. That's God's job. Do you know what your job is? Just let your light shine. That's it. You just have to let your light shine. God's, God's job, he's in charge of driving out darkness. Now, how he wants to do it is a bunch of lights. And some of us, you know, we probably like, man, I wish I was a light. I feel more like a dying candle or like a flickering flame or spark. Like, I can't get it on. Like some of us, that's maybe an accurate depiction. Like, once in a while, I see a spark. Well, the good news is, do you know what happens when you bring a bunch of flames and a bunch of sparks and a bunch of little lights all together? You get a freaking bonfire. And all of a sudden, you, or you have a stinking light tunnel and people get in car accidents going, what's that? I mean, it's the perfect metaphor. We didn't even plan it. But people are literally coming to our campus going, I wasn't even planning on going here. What's that? Bright lights. You know what I mean? And basically, that's the application of Matthew 5.14. He's like, just let them see it, and you just watch them. It's like moth to a flame. What is this? But he's saying, don't just do it at a Christmas village. Do it with your life, at work, at home, so God can gather up a bonfire. And that's, what, that's how you have these unbelievable um, churches, and you have these ministries, and you have, you have people like Convoy of Hope and World Vision and, and Food for the you have Hungry. You have all these people feeding, and they all started out of garages, and these, this one man with the one vision became two men, became two churches, became five churches. And now we are partnered with ministries that are literally helping agriculture in third world countries. We're adopting children. We are, are planting churches in the most impoverished parts of the world. We're doing church plants in Europe. Why? Because one light became two, became three. We put our candles together and all of a sudden we got a nice little fire going. People going, hey, what's with the fire? And like, you should come check it out. Maybe you should be a part of it. Cool, let's go. There's light tunnels literally all over the world. Even Cape Christian. This church 35 years ago started with six candles. Three couples, three couples, six people. What if we all put our lights together and we just kept seeing what would happen and one person at a time, we loved one family at a time and we loved one family at a time, we led one person to Jesus and then, then, then six became 40, became a couple hundred, became a couple thousand and 35 years later, we're here, we're, here, we're gonna have 7,000, people at Christmas. We have more people on our campus than we know what to do with and we're telling the light shine. Why? Just because a few candles became a few candles and now we have a bonfire. See, God's job is to drive out the darkness. Our job is just to let our light shine. And I don't have to tell you that there's darkness all around us. Here's my concern with the darkness. I think we've become a little desensitized and accustomed to the darkness. We just gotta, we're like, oh, 200 million people starving and, and sex trafficking and, and all these mental disorders and all these health issues and, and oh, you know, the world's just going to hell in a handbasket. Whatever that even means. I don't even know. I heard it my whole life, right? We just say it. 
It's like, oh, we can feel like it's hopeless, but we become accustomed to the dark. But, but Jesus said, don't become accustomed to the dark because I just need your light to shine. And can I tell you something really cool? Um, I, I did a little bit of a deeper dive than I, than I ever had before, and I'm really excited about like, what I'm about to tell you in the next 10 minutes, is that when Jesus said, let there be, or when he said, you are the light of the world, that word light in Greek is actually the word phos. Catch this, because this may ha- contextualize this for some of you. He said, you are the light or you are the phos of the world. That word phos is the same Latin origin where we get our root word photo or photograph. So Jesus, when he said, you're the light of the world, his plan is, his mission is that you're just supposed to be a picture of him. That when somebody takes a picture of you, it's a picture of him. And I think that's such a great analogy because now everybody's got cameras and iPhones and some of you poor souls have Androids, but they still have um, uh, cameras on them. But most of us Christians have iPhones um, and they're really good. The people who are going to heaven... um, and uh, yes, that is theology. Uh, and, uh, but, but what do we have now? You can take pictures and we can put all kinds of what on our pictures? Filters, right? Filters. It's like we put filters on our faces and we make, you know, whatever that is. It's so stupid. Um, it is. It's so dumb to me. But, um, but I'm sure you're going to tell me how I shouldn't say that. Uh, it makes our chin go in. I, everybody knows that. Um, but you can have these filters. And you can put, you can add a filter and you can make it look black and white and you can make it look distorted and you can make it look HD and all of a sudden you can make these pictures, right? We have all these filters. And so the question is, when Jesus says you are the light of the world, the plan is, could you be a picture of Jesus with hashtag no filter? Could you be a hashtag no filter picture of Jesus? where there's not a filter of anger and a filter of self-righteousness and a filter of of jealousy and a filter of selfishness and a filter of greed and a filter of, could we just look like Jesus? Because what's crazy to me is um, my middle school daughter, she has like the old is now back in. She has this Polaroid and she just thinks it's awesome. I I don't have the heart to tell her. I'm like, that's where we started. (laughs) Like, you know what's awesome? The portrait, eight feet, iPhone, not Android, iPhone. But it's interesting is you take a Polaroid and you take a portrait on an iPhone, you could take the exact same picture and they're going to look very different. Why? One's going to be blurry. One's going to be distorted. It's going to be far off. The lighting's not going to be good. The other one's going to be like, wow, what a clear picture. You know, now we're all like, let's get the right angle, whatever. But the whole goal, when Jesus said, be the light, he's like, hey, be a no filter picture of me. So how are we doing? So when, when Jesus is like, hey, what's the mission? He's like, just look like a picture of me, how I love, how I forgive, how I treat people, how I treat women, children, my boss, how I serve the poor, how I serve my leaders, how I, how I make God the center. Like that is the picture. And so the question I would ask is, what's your, what's your picture of Jesus like in your life? Is it, is it fuzzy? What's your filter? Is it fuzzy? Is it out of focus? Is it funny, goofy? Does it have a selfishness? Does it have like the angry devil filter is it full of love our mission our mission is just to be a crystal clear picture of jesus and so i want to give you this because oh i think this is so good imagine it like this this is this this i think this is going to maybe stick with some of us think of it like this jesus is like the sun (laughs) now before i don't mean s-o-n yes thank you i got it i mean s-u-n thank you like some of you like duh so you went to seminary for that uh Jesus is the sun, the S-U-N, and think of it, Jesus is like the sun, we are like the moon, okay? Follow this. The sun is its own power source, right? It it emits its own light. I mean, it doesn't need anything else to power. It it is actually the power for everything else. The moon, does it have its own power source? Does it emit any light? No, the the moon, we only see the moon when, what? It reflects the light of the sun. So Jesus is like the sun, here's the sun, we are like the moon. So our job is we don't have to generate power. We don't have to generate light. We just have to make sure that we're close enough to him that we can reflect his light in our life. 
How do we do that? Well, he is the word, so the word of God is a great place to start. The word became flesh. In the beginning was the word. I eat the word. I know the word. I see the words of Jesus, and all of a sudden, I become like a moon. Show, show the picture. So, like, this is a perfect picture, right? Like, what do we know about this picture? The moon can't portray any, I can't pr um, project any of its own light. Based on this picture, where do we know the sun is? Somewhere over there. No, you're all wrong. It's to the left. <laughs> see what happened? We're on. Where do we know the sun is not? Somewhere over there, right? That has to be over here because the only time we see the, the moon is when the sun is reflected. Okay, you ready for this? Ah, watch this. The only time. So the moon every night comes out and reflects the sun. Except the only time when the moon doesn't reflect the sun, what do we call that? An eclipse. And an eclipse is when the earth gets between the sun and the moon. An eclipse is when the world gets between the sun and the moon. A spiritual eclipse is when the world gets between us and Jesus. And so why can't I be the light of the world? Why can't I emit more light? Why am I like trying to do all the things and there's no, why? Because when the world gets between us and Jesus, we become a spiritual eclipse. And some of us, we want to be the light of the world. It, it fires us up, we pray for it, we ask for it, but then we go back and we put the world right between us and Jesus. It's like, I got no light. And again, God's job is to drive out the darkness, but, but what we can help is how much of the world gets between us and the sun. Come on, somebody. And so again, Holiness matters not because of our standing with Jesus, but because of our ability to be the light in the world. And the plan from the beginning was let there be light. Jesus was the light. And then his game plan until he comes back is, you're the light, you're the light, you're the light, you're the light. But we're only the light if there's no eclipse. So if I wanna let my light so shine, I gotta make sure the world is not between me and Jesus. What do I mean by the world? Jesus said it. Mark chapter four. He was telling a story about how his word, the word, the kingdom, the truth, is like um, seed that sower, uh, planter sows, and he sows it on different ground. And in, in verse 18, he says this, still others, like the seed sown among the thorns, they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. What do I mean by, what's a spiritual eclipse? Some of us, I just nailed it on the head for us. We're experiencing a spiritual eclipse. We believe in Jesus, we believe in the Son, but there's a whole lot of world. There's a whole lot of what they think, what they believe, how they act, how they live, what they say between us and the Son. And we're like, man, I'm like a flickering light. And God doesn't want to make you feel like the worst person ever. He just wants to remove the world so you can adequately reflect the Son. And so Jesus says right here, these are the words of Jesus. What is the world? The world, he literally gives us three things. Three things that are causing a spiritual eclipse in our life. Very quickly, first one, he says, um, when, when the seed is sown, you hear the word, but first thing, the worries of this life. Man, we worry about a lot of things. You know what? We worry just like the world worries, some of us. And we worry about all the things the world worries about. Jesus actually spoke often about this. We're actually gonna talk about this in our January series. But he says, some of you guys, some of you are just so stressed out about what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. He's like, God's got you. He's got it. In fact, he's got the flowers and the birds, and you matter way more to them. Some of us worry because we're afraid of survival. Some of us worry because of, 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 of our status or our position or how we look or our identity. And he's saying, hey, you don't got to worry. Like, you trust me. You trust a loving Heavenly Father. He, it, the message is, if he can speak the world into existence, I'm pretty sure he can take care of you. 
Now, we get impatient. We don't like how it happens. We don't like his timeline, and we don't like his delivery system, and we just want Amazon everything, like Amazon Life, Amazon whatever. Like, give me, give me, give me. And God's like, no, that's not what I'm doing. In fact, often there's that time of separation and preparation before we get to the completion and filling. We talked about that in week in work one. So here's the thing. The world may grow darker. The world may, and again, we get consumed with more worry and more worry, but God hasn't changed. He's still on the throne. Some of us are like, well, man, there's just so much darkness. Like, God used to be in charge, but I don't know who's running the show. Apparently, he got tired of us. Hey, God's still on the throne. He's still the king of kings. He's still the Lord of lords. He's still coming back to claim the footstool of, of Satan, to kick his tail, to reign forevermore, and any of us that have him, have, like, he's still the one. Life may be hard. Life may get difficult, but we got to remember, he's still the light of the world. And he's the one that gives us the light. And so God hasn't given up his throne. So the worry, what's the world? Worry, worry. Just some of us, we're so consumed with worry. And again, I understand anxiety is a real chemical thing. I get it. Like, I really get it. I appreciate it. I appreciate health professionals that help us through it. I appreciate all that. But I'm just talking about how much our time and energy consumed with worry. And God's saying, when you worry and worry and worry, you become a spiritual eclipse like the world gets in your way. The second thing, I'm going to go really quick through these. The second one is, how does the world get? He says, the deceitfulness of riches. This is really important because... I love that he said the deceitfulness of riches. You know what he didn't say? Riches. Because God, God is neutral with money. Did you know money is neutral and God is too? He's like, if you don't have much, I'm going to take care of you. If you have a lot, I'm going to take care of you and hope you take care of other people. Like, I'm good either way. So riches aren't the problem. Here's the deceitfulness of riches. The more money I have, the happier I will be. The deceitfulness is the more material stuff I get, the more money I have, because really what we're saying is the more money I have, the more I'm in control of things, and the less I have to trust God, because I'm just self, like, I can just provide for myself. And the deceitfulness is the more I have, the more uh, happier I'll be. You want to know a really interesting like, kind of dichotomy is in America, we are the most wealthy resource nation in the history of the world for uh, average citizens. We're also the most depressed and anxiety and, 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 and like, uh, just like downtrodden in the history of the world. We have more stuff and we're the least content history in, in, in the, in the uh, community in the history of society. So there's a, a direct in correlation of we have all the stuff, but we don't have. And so that's the deceitfulness he's saying. He's like, you can have riches. Just don't think that that's it. And if you don't have riches, just know I'm still going to take care of you. It's like, it's the same either way. He says, that's what creates a spiritual eclipse. And then the third thing, he, I love this. He's like, or other things. <laughs> or other things. I mean, he actually says the desire for other things. And really the most important thing is when we put something else as our source, when we put something else, our hope, when we put our, 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 our satisfaction, our fulfillment. He's like, when you look to anything else other than the sun, you create a spiritual eclipse. And I just can't help but wonder how many of us, we so want to walk out these doors and we want our light to shine bright, but we're actually experiencing a spiritual eclipse. Because he says, remember in verse 14, he said, I'm not looking like if a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nobody lights a candle and puts a bowl in it. We, I mean, we had a hurricane where for two weeks we were like trying to find any light or LED. We weren't like going like, how can I hide this, right? We're like, where can we get the most light from it? And so here's what he's saying is, there, I, I love this because he's like, I don't need like undercover Christians. We're good. Like there's nobody on the spe special mission. He's like, I want you to be a Christian, but don't let anybody know. Don't act like me. Don't look like me. Have lots of filters. Uh, and, and I just need you to like kind of spy on everybody. And if anybody asks, like, no. Like he's like, there's no special mission of undercover Christians. So if I went to your job and I said, hey, did you know so-and-so goes to my church? Did you know they're a Christian? Would they be like, oh yeah, of course. You should see the way they are encouraging and they're loving and they're generous. Or would they say, who, what? No way. Well, they wouldn't say no way. They'd probably say something else. Because I'm on a special, oh, pastor, you got to understand, I'm on a special mission for the Lord. I'm an undercover Christian. And I'll let you know what I find out. Thank you, Inspector Gadget, but we're good. You know what I mean? Like, he's saying, like, let your light shine. 
Jesus is saying, what's the point of a light if it covers up? We can't have any spiritual eclipses. And so here's what you need to know about life. Light. Light does two things, and this is why God wants a light. He wants, first we have to let the light in, and then we let the light shine, and light does two things. Number one, it reveals the truth. It reveals the truth about who you are. It reveals the truth about who God is. It reveals the truth about how to live, how to be fully alive. Light reveals truth. And you know the light, what else? If Jesus is the light, when he shines in us, he reveals truth. He also uses his word to reveal truth. The second thing it also does is it exposes darkness. Like you can have darkness and people, we have a dark world. Like, oh, it's so dark. What do we have to do? No, 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 no. Like, listen, you just let your light shine. Again, our mission is not, our goal, our job is not to drive out the darkness. That's God's job. Ours is just to let our light shine. Remember? And watch this. I'll close with this. I thought. In John chapter one, at the very end, when he's describing Jesus, he says something that I never saw before when I've, I've read this many, many times, memorized it before, forgot it, but memorized it once. He says, the word became what? Flesh. Now, in that, in that time and in, in, in that time in writing, people would understand that there's multiple layers and understandings and applications. And so he says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, right? Referring to Jesus. But watch this. How do I become more of a light? How do I let my light shine? Well, first of all, I have to be honest. Is there a spiritual eclipse in my life? Is the world getting between me and the sun? But also, the word became flesh. So the more I read the word, pray the word, meditate the word, consume the word, get the word in me, the more I take in the word, guess what happens to the word? It becomes flesh. That's not just about Jesus. It's the vision for our lives that the word, you can be the word made flesh. I'm not saying you're the son of God. What I'm saying is the more the word gets in us, the more the word comes out of us. And so the word made flesh isn't just about Jesus, but it's how we live. And the more we take the word in, our light shines. And here's why we have to let it shine. And Jesus basically said it this way. They can't see our faith. Like we can say, oh, you know, we, why we can't hide is like, oh, I'm just, I'm so full of faith and I just love Jesus, but I don't tell him. They can't, no one can see our faith so they have to see our actions. And so, you and I, as this Christmas season comes, as we go into the holidays, it's great that God came to speak dark, light to the darkness and overcast. It's, I love that Jesus came to be the light, but I wanted to hope to invite and inspire you to know that not only was there light at the beginning, not only was Jesus light, but the plan now is that you are the light of the world, and I know that he still wants to use your light to speak to a dark world. Let there be light. Let there be light. One spoken phrase that when spoken to existence, breathe life into a mission to illuminate the darkness. Darkness? What is darkness? What do I do as it overtakes me when I feel like no one's watching, no one cares, and no one's stopping? While addiction and the pain keeps on knocking, a single mother of three with no relief. Where's the light? Where's it when I'm contemplating life? Where's it when I turn on the news and all I see is bitter rivals? Where's it when others stir up strife or when I'm down and I'm stressed? See, some days I feel as if though I've been waiting my entire life to see the beauty and clarity encircling around me. But as I sit back, I see death. I see disillusion. I see darkness. But what is it? 
See, darkness isn't merely the presence of itself, but instead darkness is a simple revelation of the absence of light. Light, the first creation where there was darkness and chaos, illumination took its place and the world began to take shape in. When you and I lost our way, a light was sent so that our path could be made straight. But have you ever been surrounded by darkness where it grips your soul, makes your heart turn cold, and you completely lose hope? And you finally ask the question, where is the light? When that question races through your mind every moment of every hour and you search for freedom, but darkness is all you see. And you realize maybe it's because the darkness that's living inside of me. But I can't ignore the light, that ever-piercing light that refuses to let me slip away into that dark, empty hole, that hole of depression, that hole of anxiety, that hole of fear, and that emptiness inside of me. And as I search, I stumble. And as I stumble, I find that what I find is the very man who personifies light. The only God that darkness trembles at the very mention of his name. So when I cry out the name of Jesus, depression must leave. Anxiety shrinks. Fear becomes confidence in him. And the darkness must flee. So where is the light? He's found within me. And I believe that right here, right now, that same light is piercing through the darkness and the chaos, waiting to be ignited and filled each and every one of us right now. So when the question continues, where is the light? Where can it be seen? All we need to do is look towards God and let his light shine bright in you and in me. As lights are ever surrounding within each one of us, too few have found the ability to simply flip a switch, turn it on, and let it shine. If it's found from within and we keep it hidden, where is the light? If we keep it to ourselves, who else can see it? Where is the light? The very thing this world craves and needs so desperately, where is it? It's you and me. It's our light shining. You see, before there was light in this building, before there even was a building, before 48 properties purchased, God ignited the light in the hearts of his people who desperately wanted to see this community bound by darkness, freed by the light. But darkness, darkness doesn't go away without a fight. So we see our city as a place for us to shine bright. Shine bright beyond the brick and the mortar buildings, beyond the tech teams and the connect king teams, beyond the place that we call the church. We shine bright through every relationship we encounter in a community that needs the very light that you have to offer. And that light pushes back against the darkness every day. So when our kids grow up, their world will be brighter than ours was. So this is what you do when darkness sets in you shine. When someone feels lonely, you shine. When division tears apart, you shine. When life in our city needs hope, lacks faith, or requires love, we shine. So when we ask, where is the light? Where can it be seen? We look to him. We let him turn it on. And we shine our light. 
the light that Jesus died for 2,000 years ago. But when he came back to life, he told his followers, from here on out, we will be the light. The city on a hill, we will stand out. We will be the salt and the life in the midst of death. So, wherever you see darkness, God says, let there be light. And so here's the truth. Here's the application. In our world, there's billions of people in darkness, tens of thousands in our city. And our job is not to drive out the darkness. It's just to be a light. And this Christmas season, this weekend, I want to invite you. I want to inspire you. In fact, I want to call you to action. And it's really, really simple. It's not complicated. How do you be the light? First of all, we got to be honest. If there's a spiritual eclipse going on in our life, and we got to be willing to remove a little bit of the world between us and the sun. But here's how it works. You let the light in. You let the light shine. You let the light in, you let the light shine. And so I want to invite everybody to just, to a prayer where we say, I want to be the light. Maybe you've never let the light in. We're going to pray about that really quickly. Maybe you're like, I have the light in, but there's a little bit of an eclipse. I don't want to be a half moon. I don't want to be a quarter moon. I want to be a full moon. And I want to let the light shine. And I believe that God wants to equip and empower and anoint us to go out of here and be a literal light tunnel for our city. And even in this time, in this season, in this holiday. And so if you are here, whether you've let the light in before, never let the light in before. If you are here and you say, Pastor, Corey, I want to let my light shine. I, wanna, I want that. Would you just stand to your feet and I want to pray with us. Count me in. I want to be the light. I want to be the light. Count me in. Call to action. We're, we we're going to make a bonfire in our city because one little light, two little light, three little light, four little light, all of a sudden we have light. So I'm going to say a, a simple prayer and I just want to invite you to say it with me. I'm going to say short statements and you can just repeat them after me. Heavenly Father, Thank you for being the author of life, for giving light, for pushing out darkness. Thank you for Jesus, who was the ultimate example, who was the light, and now offers the light to me. So I say, I want the light in me. God, let your light shine in me. I invite the light in. And God, where there's a spiritual eclipse, Will you help me remove the world between you and me? I want to let my light shine. I don't want to hide it under a basket. I don't want to be quiet about it. I want people to see a clear picture of you through me. Use me to be your light and drive out the darkness in my life, in my family, and in my city. Thank you for the light. In Jesus' name, amen.